Right, we'll just get started then. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, and a big welcome to everyone joining us this evening. And thank you to our special guests as well, who will be talking about their work to support and increase the mental well-being of people in South End. And you're welcome to add any questions to the chat box at any time. Um, we'll do questions as we go, either at the end of each speaker or at the end of the session as well. Um, and some of you may have met before. So hello, if you've already attended one of our previous COVID update events. And for those who haven't, my name is Steph and I work as the Community Connections Officer at SABS and that's in partnership with South End Borough Council. And this is our first official Community Connectors event. Um, and I'm actually glad to see that we've got a number of our connectors here this evening as well. So what is a Community Connector? Um, some of you might have seen me posting around Facebook or you know, on South End Borough Council website, I've been all over the place. So a community connector is someone who cares about their neighbourhood. It's a well-connected and valued member of their community. Someone who likes to share information with their neighbours. A person who wants to make their town a happier place to live. And someone who cares about the health of others. So I'm hoping most of you do at least maybe two or three of them, hopefully five, that'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> and anyone can be a connector and lots of people are connectors without even realizing or needing to put a name on it. They just do what needs to be done in their community. Um, so I guess what's that got to do with well-being? Why, why are we running this event? And I've been talking to lots of residents over the past few months, trying to get an idea of how people in South End supported each other through the pandemic and what that meant for personal and collective well-being. Um, and for example, there were lots of WhatsApp support groups set up in streets around South End, and they were initially there for short-term support, like food shopping for shielders, and they soon turned into a way to stay connected with people locally. So some groups organized doorstep coffee mornings and street decorations. Um, and it was also a really great way for people to share information during the pandemic, which was really vital. Um, so just a quick show of hands. Did anyone have a street WhatsApp group over the past year? Yeah, quite a few people. Yeah, it was a really common one, actually, that that seemed to um, that a lot of people seemed to, to do. Um, so there was also a lack of meaningful activity through lockdown. I don't know whether anyone else felt that there's a lot of people out of work. Um, feeling like you're not useful at all if you're just sitting at home and you don't have anything to do. So that can have a really big impact on someone um, and giving people the opportunity to do something that in their neighbourhood can have a real impact on their well-being. And I've met a few people who have set up groups in the pandemic to tidy the areas they live. So that's public gardening, we've got tidying alleyways, litter picking. And I think many people were really looking for that connection with others and it, and it gave them a reason to get outside and, and it's been more important now than, than ever really to have the opportunity to do that. Um, and we really know that isolation and social exclusion can cause low mental well-being so the more isolated someone feels the more they may exclude themselves and during the pandemic when many were stuck at home with little human contact this could have really been exasperated and I think now many people are struggling to leave the house um, and go back to, you know, what, what, is, what is a normal. Um, so you can kind of imagine how simply popping your phone number through the door, setting up a street WhatsApp group, having coffee on the doorstep, inviting your neighbours out. That could make such a difference to people that are struggling in that way, struggling to just get, get out the front door. 
Um, and the feedback that I got from the connectors that I spoke to is that this kind of peer-to-peer -peer support works really well for people like that. Um, people who are feeling low but don't necessarily need professional medical help. So it's really about prevention before it does get to that point. Um, and that also works really well for those without digital connection because it gives people the ability to connect in real life with their neighbours. Um, although I did think what was interesting over lockdown was how people did connect digitally and that's through WhatsApp groups, Facebook residence groups, online events like this one. And what was amazing was how you can engage people where they are. So there's no need for things like childcare, um, if you suffer with anxiety, for example, it can be a bit of a relief to be at home and not have to go out and be face to face with people. So it definitely opened these sorts of support networks up to more people. Um, and I suppose I want to make clear before we start the event that there is a difference between well-being and mental illness. And although the two can be connected, if you or someone you know is concerned, they may be suffering from a mental illness. It's really advisable to seek professional medical help. And well-being is really about, I suppose, feeling good and functioning well. Um, and it feels good to volunteer. It feels good to meet new people. And that increases our own mental well-being and builds stronger communities. It's something that I'm really passionate about and everyone at SAVS is really passionate about as well. Um, so if we make ourselves available where possible, we support community initiatives. And that encourages a sense of togetherness, encourages social connections, and we're more likely to have stronger community resilience. And that will help us navigate challenges like the pandemic. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say <laughs> is how it's important to support ourselves, to be able to support others, and that builds strong communities. And together we can build a safety net of community support. And that includes everyone and is open to all. So I hope that by the end of this session, you'll have a bit more knowledge on what's happening locally, and you'll be able to share that with your friends and your colleagues, neighbours, and doing that automatically makes you a community connector. Um, although if you would like to sign up as an official connector, I can send you our newsletter and hopefully you'll share some information from that as well going forward. So you can just pop your email address over to me or send me a private message with your email address um, and I can send you some more information. So I think I have yapped on for way too long already and I'm going to pass over to our first speaker, Ruth, um, from Forest Clouds Nature Therapy. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Steph. Um, thank you for inviting me to join you. Um, so, yeah, my name's Ruth and I run something called Forest Clouds Nature Therapy, um, which is forest bathing sessions out in our local woods and green spaces. Um, now, you may or may not have heard of forest bathing. It might sound a bit out there, a bit woo-woo. <laughs> um, uh, what it actually really is, is just um, a really simple, um, fairly accessible um, form of meditation or mindfulness, um, various exercises and invitations to connect to nature through the senses. Um, and what I found has been particularly um, useful and helpful with this practice um, is it's, it's quite open to anyone, no matter what their experience may or may not have been with that type of thing. Um, and it is a way of kind of holding space for people to explore what they're feeling, um, if they want to share that or not, with no obligations, no goals, um, nothing to achieve. Um, 
and in the last year when I've been able to hold sessions um, depending on on the guidelines and, and numbers it's provided a space for people to perhaps process some of their experiences a lot of the people that have joined me um, have been shielding um, uh, or deal with um, anxiety in particular and found that meeting in a small group in a safe space um, without necessarily the need to, to talk or share, um, but just be there with someone kind of keeping an eye on, on the route and the guide and, and where we are um, has allowed them just a little bit of breathing space that perhaps they didn't feel they could have going to perhaps a meditation um, or yoga room or studio or um, people that were shielding that found it difficult to get out into public um, to shops or so for a lot of them actually joining me in my sessions it was their first venture out um, and as Steph said um, it's you know the difference between well-being and mental health certainly what I've been offering isn't isn't therapy, isn't um, a replacement for medical help or anything like that, but it's um, perhaps a tactic, a skill, some suggestions uh, for people that when they're next in a green space um, or you're even out walking on the pavement and looking at nature in the cracks, that they can just use perhaps some of those skills or tactics to help um, provide a little bit of headspace um, in between their challenges um, that maybe just refreshes them that little bit to then go back into whatever they're dealing with that day um, with a little bit of renewed uh, headspace and energy. Um, so that's it in a real nutshell, but again, happy to answer questions later or, or, or be in contact with anyone. Um, but Steph asked me to begin um, the session actually with just a short um, little meditation. So if it feels okay for everyone, um, I'll just guide um, a really short um, senses meditation that we can do right where you are now, but you can take that um, outside in your garden or in a green space or even by a window if you don't have access to a green space for yourself. Um, so if everyone feels comfortable, again, totally your choice, no obligations here, um, just feeling comfortable where you are sat um, and perhaps um, just having a little bit of a wiggle around to, to get yourself settled. Um, and if it feels okay, maybe closing the eyes or just perhaps softening the gaze a little um, or just dropping the eyes. So just a softer focus. And then just taking a couple of deep breaths here in your own time. You're not trying to change the breath in any way, but just noticing. Perhaps noticing any areas of tension in your body. No need to try and change them or release that tension. Just really observing here. Remembering to breathe. And then just turning our attention to what we can hear.
what sounds are around you right now. Inside where you are. Maybe you can hear some sounds outside. We're trying not to judge those sounds, but just let them wash over us. And then taking a deep breath through the nose. Just noticing what you can smell. Don't worry if this one feels a little difficult or that you can't smell anything, that's okay. Us humans don't always have a strong sense of smell or perhaps there's one overpowering smell. And there's no right or wrong here, just noticing. And then just turning your attention to what you can feel. Perhaps whether you feel warm or cold. Maybe there's a light on your face or shade. Maybe it's different on either side. See if you can even feel into where your skin meets the air. Is there the slightest of movement as the air touches your skin? Remembering to breathe. And if your mind wanders off to other things, that's okay. That's what our human minds like to do. So when you notice, just gently invite it back, turning your attention again to what you can feel. Perhaps where you're sat, what's holding you, or your feet, perhaps if they're on the ground, the ground holding and supporting you. And even if we're inside, deep underneath the foundations of the building, that network of roots connecting everything around us. 
supporting us. And then turning your attention to where you are in this space right now, not from sight, not even from memories, but just what space you take up. Where are your limbs, your body, in relation to everything around you? Perhaps you might imagine outside, if there's a garden, or perhaps a tree on the street or nearby. Where are you in relation to all of that living nature outside? Just taking a few more deep breaths. Just noticing once more any areas of tension. And just gently dipping the head, the chin to the chest a little. And in your own time, opening your eyes. Perhaps wriggling the hands, the fingers and the toes. And coming back to us here on Zoom. It's just a really short little taster of something that can be done anywhere, anytime. And if you get a chance to have a go, perhaps out on your next, on a walk or in a park or even by your window, doing that particularly with the sounds of nature can provide just that little bit of, of space and calm for a moment. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Steph. Thank you so much, Ruth. That was lovely. I'm ready to go to sleep now. <laughs> um, and now we'll move on to um, If you're breaking up a bit there, I think you're asking if anyone has any questions following from that presentation or any comments as well. How did that make everyone feel? Did everyone enjoy that? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm John. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed that and I, I, I loved, I just love the idea of um, yeah you know being amongst nature and um you know how much that helped me personally and um I, I was just wondering I haven't really kind of thought about this question incredibly just came up but it, do you do um a uh, lot like I've seen on the chat people were saying about uh certain times and days that they they run different things it, have you got a like a timetable for that at all or in terms of like when you do your classes or your sessions? 
Thanks, John. Um, really good question. Um, at the moment, I haven't, since kind of coming out uh, again in these new guidelines of what I can and can't do, I've been moving incredibly slowly and cautiously, both for myself um, and my own uh, anxiety about everything, um, as well as for, for the, a lot of the people that, that come to my sessions. So it's been a little bit ad hoc, I admit, at the moment, slightly hard to perhaps keep a track of. Um, I do a lot of private sessions and group sessions that um, are normally on a Sunday morning and normally in uh, Belfair's Woods in Leon Sea or else Poundwood up in Dawes Heath, so fairly close by. Um, and I've also been working with um, South East and Central um, Essex Mind to offer free sessions to people. Um, because again, for me, I'm very, very aware, as I'm sure we all are, um, about the accessibility of this type of activity um, uh, financially. Um, and so keen to ensure that there are free sessions offered for people that maybe wouldn't necessarily um, come to that. So uh, not a clear answer for you, John, but hopefully there'll be some, some more regularity as, as things move a little bit. Thank you. Thanks for that, John. Is there um, a Facebook group that you have or a website or anything where people could um, maybe follow that progress? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can find me Forest Clouds Nature Therapy um, and that's on Facebook and on Instagram and my website as well as forestcloudsnaturetherapy.co.uk, um, which will tell you a little bit more of the story of how I got into this and um, my journey of um, uh, severe respiratory illness and following that PTSD from that um, and how I discovered nature helping me with that, which again is why I'm keen to share my story and help others if it supports them in some way. Um, and again, it's important to note, you know, not everyone will feel comfortable in nature. It can be a wonderful, wonderful space for us, but equally for some people, it can be enormously triggering as well. So um, it's just, you know, one tactic that I think a lot of us are talking about today and, and depends what we're doing in the space too. But um, yeah, and feel free to message me if there's anything I can do to help people or work with an organisation. More than happy to, to talk to people about that. That's brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to hand back to Steph now. I think Steph's back in the room. Are you there, Steph? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's just when I've got my camera on. So I'm going to stay off. I'm sorry, everyone. But I, I am here. Um, thank you, Ruth. That was that was really, really good. Um, and now we could pass over to Matt, if, if you're ready, Matt, from TrustLinks. Hi there, everybody. Lovely to see you this evening. And thank you for um, joining us. It's really good to connect to you all. Um, I wonder just first before I sort of launch into the PowerPoint, how many people have heard of TrustLinks before? Put your hand up. A few. Okay, so the main thing I'm going to talk about is our Growing Together project. So I wondered, mm -hmm. I recognise a few faces here, how many people have visited our Growing Together projects in and around Southend? A handful, good. Great, thank you. So some of you will be familiar with it. Um, and I'll share what I've prepared, but also very happy to take questions. I can talk on a range of subjects for hours, but I promise I won't. Um, Slideshow. So TrustLinks is a local independent mental health and wellbeing charity. Um, we've been going for just over 20 years now, 21 years. Um, and we've got four growing together sites in Westcliff on the corner of Fairfax Drive on Piddleworld Chase, which was our sort of founding project. One in Shoebury Ness on Elm Road, 
also one in Thundersley in um, Castle Point behind Castle Point Council offices and one in Rochford on Roachway, which is sort of the grounds around um, the eco building that we managed there. In addition to the Growing Together project, we've run a range of other projects that are either commissioned by NHS or the local authority or things that we've generated other income to run. So the main ones that we run are the Reach Recovery College, um, which provides training, vocational and um, psychoeducational training for people with mental health issues. Um, so a whole range of programmes from sort of anxiety management, managing low mood, meditation, um, we've done pottery, we've done sailing, sort of positive activities as well. And then we also run a Reach Wellbeing Hub so people can um, be referred in. And I put the link in earlier for um, Peter um, so people can basically access any support. So we'll do our um, initial assessment. We'll do information advice, guidance, signposting to other agencies. And then through the Wellbeing Hub, there's a lot of opportunities for people to meet other people, um, kind of build those social connections. We've got things like walking groups, photography group. Um, coffee mornings obviously a lot of it's been on zoom for the last 15 months or so but um, starting to do much more face-to-face -face again which is lovely um, in addition we support unpaid carers in south end so we're part of the south end carers hub so anybody who's an unpaid carer can access peer support groups free counseling um, and listening support through our carer support services and finally our children and youth projects which are really um, mushroomed in the last few months. We provide a um, peer support group for young people called Youth Links, so very sort of led by the young people in terms of what they want to do. Um, we're also working with Better Start South End to provide families growing together, so outdoor activities for um, children mm -hmm. and families at our, both our sites, and we're just about to set up a dad's group as well. Um, and we also work with schools. We do sort of outreach to schools around mental health, mental resilience and wellbeing. Um, so that's a brief overview. But I'm gonna focus more on, well, I'm gonna start off with, what, you know, why do we do it? So we were founded 20 years ago, um, very much knowing that there are, you know, medical services out there. There's um, opportunities for people to get um, medication, to access psychotherapy, other therapies, obviously the waiting lists on, great and obviously the um, services are always stretched but we know that there are need to be other alternatives like the wonderful forex cloud session earlier other ways of exploring and working with our mental health and well-being that isn't just about um, getting that sort of very sort of clinical therapy or the medication um, and actually we know that one in four people have a mental health problem um, one in six at any one time and certainly through COVID, mental health has really shot up in terms of the need and demand. Um, I mean, in the last few months, our referrals have gone significantly, or significantly increased. Um, we know that mental health problems are exacerbated by social exclusion, um, areas of urban deprivation, but mental health can affect anybody, you know, and, you know, it's a real spectrum, isn't it, from sort of if we all have mental health. Some people have poor mental health. Some people's mental health are exacerbated by other things that are going on in their lives. But we're all on that sort of spectrum on that journey around our mental health and mental well-being. Just going to highlight our Shubri Nest project. Um, so that's been going 
about nine years now. I went this afternoon and it's looking absolutely wonderful. So it started off as a, it's a sort of one acre site that used to be an allotment site. Um, when we took it over, it had been allotment for a few years and then it got abandoned because there was a lot of vandalism um, and people just couldn't maintain their allotment when there was so much sort of vandalism and problems at the site. Um, so we went in with, the, with our eyes open, but, um, you know, very much wanting to engage with the Shubiness community, knowing that um, there are particular needs, but also particular opportunities and strengths in the community. So we've got a sort of 25 year lease on the site from Southend Council and took the opportunity to sort of design a site that was inclusive, that um, had lots of different features to it. So we've got a sort of central circle that we've turned over the last couple of years into a labyrinth. That's the picture at the bottom right, um, which very much sort of links into that sort of mindfulness and um, just, and it's the idea is it's a sensory labyrinth. So there's lots of different herbs and lots of different, um, yeah, sort of lavender and things that are good for sensory things and also good for pollinators for um, increasing biodiversity. Um, it's also the width of a wheelchair. So you can kind of wheel around it um, or a pushchair. Um, and it's, yeah, the most lovely addition to the site, but also in, in the site, we've got a big pond with a couple of ducks that have um, been coming for the last sort of four years or so. Um, got some raised beds, so sort of accessible, the picture of the kids in the middle there, behind them there's some raised beds for, um, which is good for growing vegetables, but also good in terms of accessibility. Um, what else have we got there? We've got a big log cabin, a couple of polytunnels, um, a couple of other shelters. So a really lovely inclusive space that's sort of right in the middle of the um, Shubri community and we're accessible to lots of different groups. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's open for adults with mental health issues. On Wednesdays, we have a women's group. Wednesday mornings, it hosts the um, breastfeeding group run by Better Start. On Mondays, that's when we're going to have um, the Better Start Families Growing Together project, which is for under fours and their families. Um, we also host a home education group at the moment. Um, and they absolutely love running around and spending time together and enjoying the site. So a lot of people come and say, oh, well, you know, you've just got volunteers and they just come and dig the garden and that's it. Um, and I just sort of often say, well, you know, a lot goes on behind it. There's a lot of processes and systems and thinking and work that goes on behind running, um, growing together as a therapeutic gardening Project. So we do things like a risk assessment and a member agreement when people come so that there are those sort of boundaries and rules and people feel that they're in that sort of safe space. Um, everybody gets a key worker and that sort of regular reviews and support from the key worker. We very much believe that everybody has something to offer and contribute. So it's very much a sort of strength based approach to well-being and recovery. Um, so a good example is Christine, who's a, um, she's I think she's 65 now and she's got arthritis and mild learning disabilities and you know quite hunched and has to walk with a frame so she comes to growing together every week she loves it which she doesn't really do any gardening what she really loves to do is um chat to everybody she loves she's very outgoing she loves walking around chatting and um so we were thinking what job can christine do that um you know suits her physical abilities but her skills of chatting to people 
So she became the birthday queen because she gets the birthday cards and she goes and gets everybody to sign the birthday card so that when it's your birthday, you get a birthday card with, you know, 60 signatures, which is the most lovely thing. She feels really special and valued because she's um, doing such an important job. But we all feel really valued because we've got a birthday card on our birthday, which has got all these different signatures. So it's really about identifying what people can bring to the party um, and how they can use their strengths and their skills to help build that community, really, and that connection, which kind of links into Steph's point about um, community connection more generally. I think if we can do that more, then actually we'll all be much better and stronger. Um, at Growing Together, we don't just do gardening, and I think sometimes gardening is a bit scary for people. Um, so we do lots of other things like sport, art, music, creative writing, cooking, yoga. Um, we do a horticulture diploma, so people get that qualification in partnership with Southend Adult Community College, and lots of other sort of vocational training and learning opportunities as well. Just a brief thing on statistics, so we kind of have to capture an evidence to our funders, the difference that we make. So we use our wellbeing scale, a mental wellbeing scale, and kind of have demonstrated significant increase in wellbeing through people attending, which is above the national average for adults. Um, so we've had a 14% increase in this sort of statistics. But it isn't just mental health and wellbeing, it's a huge range of other things that improves in terms of physical wellbeing, reducing social isolation. People kind of move into jobs sometimes or volunteering opportunities or other training opportunities. Um, so, you know, the great thing about growing together and the sort of gardening projects is that they have multiple benefits to lots of different people. Um, another of our sort of aims and objectives as a charity is about environmental education and awareness. And um, obviously the issues of um, climate change and biodiversity are massive that we need to be working together to address. So we kind of do it in our own way through obviously growing your own food, engaging people with nature, increasing um, that biodiversity in urban areas and improving people's awareness of their impact on the environment. Picture on the right there is of our um, orchard, which I haven't mentioned yet, St Lawrence Orchard, which is at the bottom of the airport runway in Eastwood. Um, it, yeah, it's on Eastwood Bree Lane where they've kind of cut round behind the big Tesco. And it's about an acre. It was actually 100 years old last year and we were hoping to do a big celebration, but obviously that got um, cancelled. But hopefully this autumn we can run Apple Day again where you're very welcome to come and pick apples and enjoy the beautiful orchard with us. And we have monthly work parties there that are open to the whole community to come and learn how to tend the orchard and enjoy it and being with other people. And the Blossom app looks absolutely fabulous at this time of year. Um, on the left-hand side is our chickens. We've got five chickens at our Westcliff site. Members absolutely love looking after them. And we also have um, guinea pigs at our Shoebury site. COVID recovery is really important now, obviously, for anybody working in the health and social care arena. Um, we know that people, as um, was discussed earlier, really have, you know, the anxiety has increased, people's sense of isolation, not wanting to go out. Um, so we feel we can make an important contribution to that sort of COVID recovery through the range of work that we do, linking very much closely with social prescribing, with people in primary care and secondary mental health care services and the broader community. So just to conclude, because I know that didn't have huge amounts of time, um, 
how you can get involved. So there's lots and lots of ways that people can get involved with Trust Links. First thing probably is to follow us on Facebook or Twitter or um, Instagram. Um, a really good way to connect with us. Connect connect with us, website, us on our website. Um, there's lots of volunteering opportunities. So um, do register with us as a volunteer and then you'll get a DBS check, which is portable. You'll get um, a lot of training, mental health, first aid training and other um, training is available. We've got a telephone preventing project that we launched during COVID that's completely oversubscribed in terms of people so wanting people to have, to have ding, ding, ding. So um, you're very welcome to sign up for that. And then you get mental health first aid training and lots of other sort of training and support and supervision. Please visit the sites. They are reopened this week, which is terribly exciting. Having been shut for um, more than a year, you can buy vegetables, plants, so much rhubarb at our Westcliff site. Um, it grows like weeds, but it tastes amazing. We also got honey from the bees, from beehives that we've got at our sites. Um, community events will start up again. Um, we've got one at Shoebury on the 7th of July. It's a Wednesday, sort of after school time, three till five. Um, and then we've got our apple day in the autumn, but there's lots of other things. So again, look at our website for that. Also, just really tell your contacts, people that you link with. You know, we're, I think, the largest independent mental health charity in the local area. A huge range of different services. So look us up um, and you can refer. And I've got our website and that sort of thing on there, but I'll put stuff in the chat as well. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. I would love some of that rhubarb. <laughs> very welcome Steph come along and see us yeah I will and, and, and it's really true as well what you say about everyone having something to contribute I think that's really important um, and knowing that you could go along to a gardening group and not actually need to do any gardening <laughs> and sometimes it's just offering a space for people to be together I think that's really important um, and I wanted to ask you actually because I, I saw something somewhere about um, that you were working on something about long Covid We've got a peer support group for people who've suffered from COVID. So we're working really closely with Therapy for You, IAPT. So they do a sort of a course around um, COVID and COVID recovery. And then there's a sort of peer support group that we're facilitating that's sort of linked to it. So that's sort of through the Reach Recovery College. So yeah, obviously if anybody's suffering from that, then please do refer in and we can work um, with people on that. Can people refer themselves or is that through, yeah? Yeah, it's all self-referral or referral through um, any health or social care professional. Great, thank you. And has anyone else got any questions for Matt? Or maybe we'll come back to it at the end if you think of something, or you can always pop it in the chat and Matt can answer it as we go. Brilliant, thank you, Matt. Um, so now we're gonna pass over to Emma Mills who is from Net Park Wellbeing. Over to you, Emma. Hi, everyone. Um, nice to be here and to meet you all. I'm gonna also share some screens. I hope I don't kill you all with PowerPoint overload. Um, I wasn't able to get a memory stick to save mine, so I very cleverly put it on the cloud, but now I am, not sure if I can open it up again. Oh, if you just give me a minute, there it is. Okay, I'll try again. 
It's always the way, isn't it, when you want it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's try and see if I can find it. Oh, there we are. Okay, so um, uh, no, you'll present. I hope you can all see this. Give me a thumbs up if you can. Looks great. Right. Thank you. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, oh, didn't mean to do that. So, Net Park Wellbeing Project is a joint project run by Southern Borough Council and Metal Arts Organisation. We are based in Chalkwell Park in Metal Arts Schools um, and the lovely Metal Arts School building, which is right, right in the park, looks out over the park. It's a really nice atmosphere. Um, it's not a clinical setting, which makes it really nice for people to come to. This is what we looked like before COVID. We could have uh, participants making art, um, walking around uh, the park and then coming in and doing some artwork. Um, and we could also have in that room four volunteers. So this is a dementia group. They could have people sat next to them, helping them whilst they were working. We are a mental health, well, mental well-being project. I am a, a qualified art psychotherapist, but um, as Victoria kindly pointed out, we have um, really focusing on well-being rather than the therapy side, although we do get uh, art therapy students on placement who can give one-to-one. -one. But our one-to-one um, -one sessions to people but we are very much focused on um, tuning into that whole thing of having a safe contained space using nature using the park using art um, to help people reflect and work through and talk in groups about their mental health and, and the things that make them feel better so this is how we were this is the what metal art school looks like from the outside it's a pink single story building in the park um, and these are our aims when we were set up by um, South Borough Council of Metal. It was to encourage physical activity, to get people walking in outdoor spaces, but also to get them to engage in digital and traditional art. Um, so get them to use iPads, get them to take photos, get them to use the net park stories that are in, um, in the metal, that metal put up in the Chalkwell Park. Um, to encourage reflection, sharing experience, to be accessible for those living with mental health conditions and um, to offer volunteering. So quite similar to Matt uh, in a lot of ways uh, and to offer respite to carers and to work closely with mental health services and charities. Um, we work closely, we've done work with Trust Links, we've done work with the Recovery College, we've done work with um, SAVS, uh, Women's Refuge. So we do partnership work and we also do our own stuff. So. It's quite exciting. So this is some of the digital art we've made. Um, this is one of our participants. He'd never used an iPad before. Um, and we got him on Procreate, showed him how to make digital art. Um, and he really took to it with beautiful images. Um, we also use the digital technology to help people um, who may have dementia or learning difficulties and may find it hard to really uh, draw something from out of their head or to look at something physically in front of them. We can talk to them, find out what they're interested in and call up an image on an iPad. Uh, we've got enough iPads to go around so we can have those um, facing you. And um, we found that people with dementia can really actually use this technique. Um, so this is uh, a drawing made by somebody living with dementia um, from the picture of the gorilla on the iPad. 
Um, we also show people how to do photo montages and to put their own drawings or their own photographs uh, and collage and mix it. This is a, an image made by somebody who had um, quite severe depression and anxiety, but was able to make some fantastic images that were put on display at the Beecroft uh, that year. And then COVID happened, ah, and we couldn't no longer come in and use our lovely art room and use all our fantastic iPads that were there in the building and all the art materials that were there in the building. So what did we do? So what we did was we contacted everybody on our books who was in a group and we managed to keep working with them throughout COVID. We dropped, um, we dropped around iPads. We taught people on the phone how to use them or we'd stand on the doorstep and show them how to use an iPad and lend them hours. We took around art materials and journals and we managed to get um, more than 95% of our participants who were with us during lockdown to carry on with us. Um, so since March to April, so since when the COVID hit in March 2020 to this year, uh, we carried on seeing 168 people. They've either come to, um, we were able to open again in September, or so they're able to come to us after September last year, or we carried on seeing them on Zoom and we've kept on seeing them on Zoom or they've come and joined us recently um, and we've been working with them on Zoom. Um, we've kept our dementia groups going. It's been tough because the carers um, have struggled sometimes with setting up the tech, but many of them have managed. And since September, we've been able to have uh, people with dementia back in the building. So that's been great. And we give our carers two hours free respite so they can leave, the carers can leave their participants with us knowing that they're safe and well, and um, we look after them and they carry on doing art. These are just some testimonials that um, people have written about us. Um, we, so from March 2020 to September 2021, everything was online. And so we did every group online using Zoom. And like I said, we managed to keep most of our participants. Um, and the response from people um, from us staying open was overwhelming. They were so grateful um, because as you can imagine, uh, people living with mental health, um, often they're more likely to have physical disabilities or uh, conditions that they're living with as well. Um, many of them are um, living on their own or in very uh, social economic deprived areas or residences. So they didn't have a garden, they didn't have anywhere to go out. Um, and we would be there every week, um, sending them the invites, being there. We would phone up people who weren't there and ask them if they were okay, talk them through things, if they were having trouble with their tech, getting them online. Um, so, we asked them to use what they had in their house. If they didn't have a garden to go out and look into walkers like uh, Ruth, we're absolutely big on nature. Um, we would encourage them to keep pot plants, to have some nature in their house, in their rooms, so they could use those for inspiration, we would collage, anything that would get them out of just being in a space all the time, uh, giving them some, something external. Art is great for that. Um, uh, 
what else can I say? It was a sad not having our volunteers. So normally we have volunteers in the room helping us and over 60% of our volunteers have living, uh, living with mental health conditions. So we kept our volunteers going. We had a volunteer group just for them. So they were still involved every week. We, we got them in, in engaged in the group. So we didn't lose them and they didn't fall back in their um, mental health journey. Uh, and that was really important. And this is, um, this is a testimonial from one of our volunteers who, um, you know, said we were one of the places that that was kept engaging with her during lockdown. Um, we do lots of different courses, uh, like Trust Links. We have art, but we have digital art. We have traditional art. We do creative writing. We also do um, yoga and psychoeducation. So, um, in our psychoeducation groups, we talk about the effects of trauma, the latest neuroscience discoveries, how we can help regulate ourselves. Um, and we managed to continue this online um, as well as when we came back in the space, we were able to offer it uh, and continue to offer it. But what we did was we could have four people in the room from September and the rest joined us on Zoom. We've got a great big TV screen. So the people in the room could see the people on the TV screen. The people on the TV screen could see the room. We've got a super duper camera that zoomed in and out. Um, and so everyone felt really included. So like Matt, we use the uh, Short Warwick and Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scale and then also an in-house evaluation to see how they do. So these are the stats pre-COVID and you can see we did pretty well. 84% said their confidence improved after coming to us. 50% said they um, hadn't used the GP and crisis team as much. 75% um, said they increased their exercise while they came to us because we get them walking around the park. 81 said their uh, symptoms of social isolation had improved. They enjoyed meeting new people uh, and their symptoms, anxiety, depression, stress have improved. Oh, and we had a good hit here on confidence in technology, 85%. But then after COVID, if we look at our new um, stats, we can see that yes, they have changed. We, we, we saw as many people, which was great. All of them were seen, 100% of all our participants were seen by Zoom from uh, April 2020 to September 21. But since we've come back and we've had a space, we've allowed four people in per group, still 56 come by Zoom. So still we have at least four or five people on the big screen joining us by Zoom while we have four people in the room. Um, so 44% of the participants are able to come in now. We've still managed to give um, time to carers, free respite, um, 81 percent uh, still find the groups relaxing even though we're in covid these are covid uh, covid stats um, and then look at this one this is interesting uh, 58 percent said they had reduced seeing their gp or crisis team now i know that could be because of covid and it's difficult to get to a gp or see your crisis team but that's actually better than our pre-covid stats but you know at least we're there um, 69 said their symptoms improved compared to 72 pre-COVID um, and 58 said their confidence improved compared to 84. So it's still tough out there. Um, it's still hard um, with COVID going on. We know that people are facing enormous challenges. Um, and as I think Phil said from uh, Shubri in the group that, you know, people's unemployment levels are gonna really rise now and it's gonna be really difficult. Um, but you know we are we are here. We're keeping going. We're free. We're a free service to people, 
Um, this just shows you how we did during COVID um, with the mental health scales. So red, the red and the orange are the really bad, really below average. And as you can see, they do decrease. Really, the, the, the biggest decrease is in the very, very poor mental health um, uh, stat, um, statistics. So those with really poor do get slightly, you know, do are turning the tide when they come and join groups that uh, improve their social isolation. So that is us. Um, sorry to have talked so fast. I think I'm a bit nervous. But anyway, any questions? Thank I'll be you, happy to answer. I was going to suggest actually, because we're running a little bit short on time, if anyone does have a question, if they can pop it in the chat box, or if you want to hold on until the end, um, and we'll get it answered at the end, I just want to make sure we can get our last speaker in, in case anyone needs to leave at eight o'clock. Um, so yeah, pop it in the chat and, and get Emma to answer it at the end. Thank you, Emma. Um, so now I'm going to pass on to Hannah and Fran, who run a group called Mental Health Mates. And this is a really new group, I believe. I think the first walk was last week. Is that right? Yeah. Really looking forward to hearing about it. So we'll unmute ourselves. <laughs> it was on Saturday, our first group. Um, and it went really, really well. Yeah, really yeah. well. We were very nervous. Yes. <laughs> people turned up even in the rain. <laughs> um, so in, to introduce you to us, I'm Hannah and this is Fran. And like we said, we are the walk leaders for the new branch of mental health mates in Leon C. Um, to start our groups, what we like to do is share about our mental health problems. I feel like it's a good opener and it gets people talking and it lets them feel inclusive. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that. I, uh, I suffer with chronic anxiety, depression, OCD, intrusive thought OCD and PTSD. And I suffer with depression, uh, postnatal OCD, um, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, body image, oh, <laughs> and low self-esteem and I've got a chronic illness as well. Um, that which made us how we started with the idea about the walk because obviously we said we had the idea at the beginning of the year so we went for a, a long overdue catch up just after Christmas and we began to open up to each mm -hmm. other um, about our issues because it was at that point I'd just been diagnosed with postnatal OCD with intrusive thoughts which is um basically I thought about it's about harmful thoughts towards I had towards my daughter and at the same time Hannah then said to me um, yeah. that she also suffered from um, OCD intrusive thoughts yeah. as well that was actually the first time even though I'd been suffering for almost my entire life if I'm completely honest yeah. that was my first time that I was able to turn around and say to someone me too um and even though we'd known each other for 17 years yeah never we, we didn't know about, about this about yeah. mental health problems at all yeah 
Um, so as we walked and we shared our stories, we actually started to feel a bit better for yeah. them, even though we were both going through a pretty traumatic time. Um, we realised that, you know, if we're starting to feel a bit better for sharing our stories, then other people might do too. Yeah, I, we felt like, like um, by sharing our stories, it took the power away from the thoughts that were in our head. Um, so about that that horrible little mm. voice in our head yeah it sort of shut them up a little bit <laughs> by talking about it yeah exactly um so we continued to meet up regularly and we realized that other people in the local community will really benefit from having the support so we put our thinking caps on basically and we've done some research and we stumbled across mental health mates um which is a peer support group which had been coined by journalists Bryony Gordon, I believe it started in 2016. She is actually one of my <laughs> favourite journalists ever, and I've read all of her books, and she spoke about find, uh, founding mental health mates in some of her books. Mm -hmm. um, basically, she, it's a support group for those who have suffered from mental illness or for those who have supported others yes. who uh, have gone through mental illness. So from when she started the group, it went from strength to strength and it actually spanned the globe. But when Fran and I looked into it, we realized that there weren't actually any local groups. Mm -hmm. um, so we thought, you know, what, what better to concentrate our time on, especially after Fran's got a newborn baby. Yeah. She's not busy <laughs> at all to, uh, to start a, um, a walking group. Yeah. So our first one was Saturday. Mm -hmm. and um it went very well we had people come up to us we had about 15 people turn up in the end mm -hmm. and we started the group off by telling them about our mental problems like we have just done with you and then we um we just walked we had a walk plan so we walked along marine parade in mm -hmm. the Broadway and um basically we spoke each person spoke to each other someone knew people turned up on their own some people turned up um with their families with family. like or support group yeah. yeah um so basically with our research we realized that there's so many benefits that come from peer support and yeah. um, the additional self-confidence that gets raised the feeling of having someone listen who, yes, can okay. Relate yeah, you sometimes. can relate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not coming from a professional standpoint. Sometimes you just need a friend. Yeah. And someone that just goes, someone to listen yeah. to you. Even if they don't know what to say, it's just someone that, that can, there. yeah, exactly. Um, so like we said, we planned our first walk for Saturday, the 15th of May. Um, as you know, it was an, an unseasonably cold, rainy, horrible day um, in which we planned to walk along the Marine Parade. Uh, the response, however, on our social media and on our ad in the Evening Echo was really outstanding. It was really clear that this is something that the local community really needed. Um, but that didn't stop our anxiety from sneaking in, even when we were walking down there. We were worried about no one turning up. We, uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't easy for us to do. Um, but we were there for about 10 minutes before a couple of smiling faces 
came over to us and asked if we were the walk leaders for mental health mates. And we were wearing jumpers at the time. So we thought we're people with anxiety turning up somewhere, not knowing who they are looking for. Mm -hmm. Personally, it would make us want to just go home and hide. Yeah. So we were wearing jumpers, which we will continue to do on the other walks mm -hmm. that we do, um, that says mental health mates yeah exactly so as we walked everyone started to share their stories if they were able to do so and um, many of us found similarities in our illnesses and some we even found a bit of space to laugh about what they can be like at times yeah which I'm not sure if you've ever suffered from a mental illness but just being able to laugh about it sometimes yeah is such a relief and um, it's not that great <laughs> in the head of it like I am Today I felt a bit faster. <laughs> yeah. We walked for um we walked for about an hour. Um and by the end of the walk we we actually didn't feel like strangers anymore. We'd shared more between us than we normally would do with close friends. Um so a few of our attendees actually were kind enough to share their experiences with us and with their permission, I'm just going to give you a brief overview of how they found it. One of our attendees uh, suffered from really chronic anxiety, so much so that she really struggles to even leave the house. She emailed us uh, about a week before the event and yeah. uh, said that she'd love to come, but she was worried. And I said, look, absolutely fine. If you feel like on the day you can't make it, um, that's completely understandable. Your name is Dan and it will always be down for you to attend. Um, a few days later, she cancelled. She said she was ever so worried. Her anxiety was playing up. I um, resonated with her. I said how last year I struggled to even leave the house. You know, the thought of getting out of bed was yeah. near impossible. I couldn't do it. So I said, look, that's completely fine. But I understand this space is inclusive. This space is for you. And if you want to come, you're more than welcome. Yeah. And she did. She turned up and... It was wonderful. We walked and we talked and she joined in to a certain amount. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end, she was really happy. She had a sense of pride. She had met new people, which is something that she actually hadn't do for a very long time. Um, and today she was the first person to sign up for our next book, which will give you a, uh, the date for at the end. Um, and she also said, how about this week? She's uh, Her mood's been lifted and she's felt a lot more happier. And that's come from the pride that she felt in herself for actually turning up. Yeah. And there was someone else as well who um, turned up and he was with his parents and he had his head down and couldn't make eye contact. Took a while to get out of the car. But by the end of the walk, he was head up making conversation with people talking about his struggles and it's just um things like that that we we just oh it just makes it means, heart burst. it just um it means the world to us judgment-free walk and it and we've noticed a change in someone's and um, how they are from our first walk just it was it was all we really it yeah, help someone even if they don't want to talk that's absolutely no fine. exactly you could just come and enjoy a bit of company yeah. and um and hopefully some nice weather next time <laughs> and some exercise, <laughs> and some exercise. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but what I was saying is this is more than enough proof that the peer support actually works and um, that it's needed and that all we want to do is help each other out and that's something that we feel that we really need as a community after a year of isolation and uncertainty. Yeah. Um, so by the end of the walk, our team of mental health mates had an idea of what we could do in the future. People were buzz with ideas from further walks to picnics and social events. It yeah. was all really, really exciting. Yeah, and these were people who had really bad anxiety and didn't want to leave the mm -hmm. house and couldn't leave the house, couldn't go shopping. And just the change from one single walk. Yeah, it was beautiful. Exactly why we decided to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and help us as well. <laughs> uh, so our walks and any other social events will happen once a month. They're inclusive, judgment-free zones, and they are, and they always will be free to attend. You can search for us on Facebook by looking up Mental Health Mates Leon C. Yeah. Or on Instagram, which is... Um, mhm underscore los or email at mentalhealthmatelos at gmail.com and our next walk we are going to do on the 12th of june and it will be meeting point outside saltwater cafe on chalkwall beach at 11 a.m mm -hmm. they're normally just a gentle stroll for about an hour um, there's absolutely no pressure to go fast. This isn't an aerobic activity. Yeah. This is just a chance for everyone to have a bit of a catch up. Yeah. And like we say, it's no pressure to talk about yeah. any problems you're having if you don't want to. Just have a stroll and try and meet new people, mm -hmm. listen to their stories. If you yeah. don't want to talk till then, you say, that's oh, fine. That's yeah. Absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to talk to <laughs> Um, we're really looking forward to seeing some familiar faces and welcoming new ones uh, next month. Really excited about that yeah. to come. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What a brilliant story. Thank you so much. I think everyone was um, was smiling through that, just hearing you know how passionate you are about about doing that and how great it is that you give up your time to do it as well. Um, we're really enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> I think what's <laughs> great is that it's it's a free it's free to do isn't it it's free to set up yeah. it's just your time so anyone yeah. could do that really in their area um, absolutely it's just yeah. a place of going, going for a walk um and, yeah. and actually we've got darren in the group darren darren smith who runs andy's man club in southend which i think started the same week as you as well so he's doing something very similar um oh in, awesome in so i think we posted about that earlier on in the chat if anyone wants to have a look at that yeah, I've um, resonated with your story, girls. Um, very, very similar. Um, very, very similar. So well done. Well done. Thank, thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm aware that we have overrun by 10 minutes. So I'm really sorry. Um, but is, does anyone have any questions for Emma or Hannah and Fran or any of the other speakers at all? Or does anyone just want to share anything um, or talk about a group that that they work with or that they're passionate about um it's open to all yeah, there's some lovely messages in the chat from people when they were listening to hannah and fran there if hannah and fran wanted to have a look yeah there oh, is. thank you we will do do you want me to read them out quickly we've got one from oh yes Pam. please Pam says, <laughs> Pam says, <laughs> 
Thank you to the different groups for giving us information about what they do. Hannah and Fran, I think this is a great idea. My mother suffered with severe mental problems through my childhood, and it was very difficult for me to deal with during my teenage years. A group like this would have been so helpful for me. Um, and Tanya says, brilliant, a great idea, much needed. Um, yeah, everyone's singing your praises. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. I think that was really inspiring. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you so much. Night. And I, I, I was just thinking that maybe after the walk, everyone could end up with Ruth in the woods, possibly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now that would be nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, we you were maybe talking about it. doing it in the woods one time, so maybe yeah. we could link up. Yeah, yeah link yeah. together some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> Any more questions or thoughts before we wrap up? I was just going to say I'm smiling as well I can't I can't stop sorry it's just uh, <laughs> lovely to uh, hear your story I'm um, Emma I'm from the uh, Be Well project and we're just setting up sort of same as you really just thinking about the way forward and really what's come across quite passionately today is that kind of physical activity you know the fact like you said you know we were walking and you know that that pressure of saying come on tell me what's going on goes and it's just just how that lovely casual conversation starts empowers people mm. so you know that's really lovely to hear and yeah like everyone has said it's yeah I've got to stop smiling now sorry but oh, um, you know, really really, really kind you. of inspired us all to, to kind of keep on with our with our projects and, and keep on moving so so well oh, done and I'll, so I'll look much. out for you when I'm walking along yes. Lee and give you a, a little wave Feel free to join us anytime, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> thank you, Emma. Thank you. So I think we should wrap up then. So thank you very much to all our brilliant speakers tonight. It's been so inspiring to hear about what's going on locally. Um, I'm smiling too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, join, join their activities, join the walks. Um, and please share. So like I said at the beginning, being a community connector is all about sharing with people, uh, letting them know what, what services that you know about. If you know that someone's struggling, um, maybe you can pass on one of the, the groups from this evening, or you can always get in touch with myself or Roger or, or anyone else at SAVS and we'll be able to help. Um, so don't, don't suffer in silence. No one else has to be there. There's plenty going on for everyone. Um, so thank you. And hopefully we'll, we'll be running another event with a different theme in the coming weeks. Um, so let us know your thoughts. I'll pop my email address in the chat and you're more than welcome to, to get in touch. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you.